And now, all the way from the inside of his car, this is the cold brew. <laughs> I still haven't decided on how I'm going to start my podcast consistently. So you're going to have to forgive me for, for that improvisation. I see it as good practice, but, you know, it's also a good way to flex my voice. <laughs> anyway, welcome everyone to the second episode of The Cold Brew. Yeah, we made it to episode two. <laughs> I just want to start off this podcast by thanking each and every one of you for giving my first episode the best reception I could ever imagine. Like, I, I still remember how nervous I was when it came to posting and sharing that episode, but when I did, all of you have bombarded me with a lot of encouragement and kindness and the comments I got the, the comments I got were were really encouraging and I'm really happy with that. Further diving into the analytics and statistics of the first episode, uh, the first episode got 196 uh, starts, meaning 196 people press play. But by the end of the episode, I was only able to retain 136 uh, listeners. So that's a 60 listener gap, which is not bad. Actually, it's actually quite nice. And uh, looking at the uh, geographical statistic, of course, majority of my listeners are from the Philippines. Hey, Pinoy's, yeah. So that's around 117, I think, if I remember correctly. But I also have listeners from the United States, which I think is... Uh, uh, because of my mom and my brother who live there who have been spreading the word. So, hey, that's nice. I also have listeners from the UK, if, if you could believe it. Some some good old chaps giving my podcast a listen. <laughs> I think that's because of my cousin who gave it a listen and probably shared it with his parents, my aunt and my uncle. I also have uh, two listens from Canada, uh, courtesy of my, my longtime friend who lives there and probably shared it with her boyfriend or something who knows but hey two listeners from Canada and then one listener from Australia which I know to be my best friend thank you for tuning in from the lounge down under <laughs> I mean that's a, that's just uh, the first episode uh, checking out the whole analytic like uh, checking out all of the data that the rest of the segments got there were also some lessons from Singapore and Japan which is cool. Like, uh, I don't really know anyone in those in those places, so I'm quite curious that they probably just stumbled upon my podcast by accident and just gave it a listen. <laughs> but hey, am I complaining? No, I'm quite happy. So with that, with the momentum I'm carrying over from the reception I got, I can't help but ask myself, what now? Then again, this isn't the first time I've asked myself that question. I mean, I remember vividly the many times that I've asked myself, what now? Be it in situations that are, you know, laughable, or situations that are life-changing and or uh, painful, to say the least. Uh, but let's start off with laughable. Like, uh, uh, let's say back in high school, I, I do remember that there was one time I didn't study for my final exam, and when the final exam came, I blanked out so bad. I didn't do anything for the next half hour until I just decided to guess all of my answers. 
or the time where I had the most awkward encounter with a woman. Since I grew up in an all-boys school, I didn't really have uh, chances to develop my social skills when it came to engaging with women. So when the time came that our class had a chance to interact with a class from an all-girls school, ooh, <laughs> that, that was really bad. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I can get I can get past the highs and the lows. I mean, I'm awkward, but not that awkward. Come on. But when it came to actually sustaining the conversation, I couldn't sustain a conversation with a girl to save my life. <laughs> and it was during that long, uh, awkward pause or awkward silence that I, that I asked myself, what now? Or getting more serious here, uh, college, where the culmination of a four-year journey I made new friends, built myself up through hosting, got new skills, got drunk, did new things. Uh, <laughs> and when all of that ended, that's when the world started to feel smaller and yet bigger at the same time. Like it was going to be a whole new chapter and I couldn't help but ask myself, what now? So... It's in these what now moments where, in my experience, it became a chance for me to, to reflect and also uh, go through a period of change. Or it actually encouraged me to grow and change because if I didn't, I wouldn't be able to progress in that new stage of my life. So I'd like to discuss mainly the most significant what now moments that shaped me into who I am today. So hopefully I, I can make sense of them and uh, give you some food for thought or ideas you can apply in your own life. Or at the very least, you would enjoy me talking about my life. <laughs> so to start, I'd like to begin with uh, my first breakup. Yeah, that's a good story. So my first breakup happened around two years ago with my first first girlfriend, of course. Uh, it was a good relationship. It was nice. It was wholesome. Well, it lasted. But then uh, for some reasons, it had to end. And after the breakup, I felt so lost because I banked my whole happiness on that relationship unknowingly. I mean, I thought it was normal to be that to be that invested in someone but when the when the breakup happened i realized i invested so much in that relationship i didn't leave anything for myself i grew as a relationship partner yeah but i did not grow as an individual i realized or i i thought maybe i thought i did or i was convinced that i did but looking back when I was uh, left by my lonesome, uh, it, it it took it took a whole it took a long time for me to actually get over it. But uh, thankfully, I had the support of my friends and family, and I actually grew closer with them throughout that whole process. And I'm thankful for that. So when I when I went through my post breakup glow up, <laughs> uh, I I started to learn new things about myself, like. Uh, I started to 
like um, skincare or uh, starting to care for my hair more or dress differently or walk and talk differently or buy things for myself, you know, self-love. That, that moment where I asked myself, what now? I decided to direct some energy towards myself and cultivate myself. And since I had more time, I, I, I was able to cultivate uh, my friendships and my relationships with my family. And throughout that time, I, I actually grew closer with all of them. And I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy for that. So learning more about myself, I started to learn uh, things about myself in a passion and a career sense, which leads us to our next what now moment, which is um, my decision to, or my decision on my career. Because uh, you know, I mentioned that I work as a I worked as a server in a restaurant in a integrated resort and casino. And before I was a server, I was also I started out as a food runner, so that was cool because I got to apply my talent as as a a, a badass voice when it came to presenting the food, the menu, or just talking to guests in in particular. So like, uh, let's say a family of six and I'm going to serve them this chicken dish. Uh, uh, me being a food runner, I would be like, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to present to you your brick oven roasted chicken with your red onions and tomatoes on the side for your garnish. <laughs> uh, no, that, that, that's not the exact item. My, my food knowledge is very rusty now since, of course, I haven't worked with them in a lot of months now. So it was in those moments where I got to apply my my uh, talent but it wasn't consistent so there would be times where I, I would go throughout the whole shift without even speaking and then there would be shifts where I'd be uh, wowing guests left and right I mean I remember Darren Chris the the guy who acted in Glee singer dined in the restaurant and and I wowed him like I really wowed him because when when I started to speak, he he stopped eating. He was like, "Yo," and he looked at me. And then at the end of the dinner, he was like, "Yo, you you have a great voice. You're such an awesome orator." And I'm like, and I'm like, for a great voice such as Darren Chris to say that I have a great voice, that that made me think. If I could wow people with my voice, with only with a few minutes. What more, what what more could I do if I actually pursued uh, a job or something that would uh, make my voice the highlight? You you guys get what I mean. So that th those those were the type of scenarios that made me think, what now? What am I gonna do? Am I gonna just keep at this job where every now and then I'm gonna wow someone with my voice, or am I gonna get out of my comfort zone? and try to jumpstart this voiceover career, or at least explore other jobs to see where they may lead. So I gave it a, I gave it a year. I don't, re I don't regret giving it a year because uh, I also had fun and I grew as a, as a professional in that restaurant. I mean, working long hours uh, through uh, some heavy ass covers, uh, through, no, but I worked holiday. I worked on the holidays already. I've uh, handled a lot of guests, a lot of tables. I've been yelled at 
got my complaints yelled at by my colleagues uh, got into some misunderstandings but you know it's all part of the culture and it's it's quite fun now that i think about it <laughs> but of course back then doing it for the first time was freaking scary <laughs> but i have no regrets here so i gave it a year and then that's when i decided you know i'm gonna i'm gonna quit and it was so hard because i thought quitting was like losing but then Quitting doesn't exactly mean that you lose. It's just admitting to yourself that whatever you're doing doesn't work for you anymore. And you need to pursue other ventures to see what you can be, what else you can be good at. I think I've proven myself to them in that restaurant. I could have stayed longer, but it wasn't in my heart anymore. So that's why I left. So that's why I decided to leave and then try something, uh, try something new. But then... But then COVID-19 happened. So when COVID-19 happened, uh, the whole world was put at a standstill. And life has slowed down so significantly that we are now experiencing it at a pace that we are not accustomed to. Coupled with the fact that a lot of people have suffered and are currently suffering the effects of the coronavirus, and the negligence when it came to handling the virus by some certain people. So not only, I mean, I think, not only are we experiencing a health crisis, but we are now also experiencing a crisis of hope. Because with what's been going on, it actually feels hopeless. The way we envision the future isn't isn't very assuring because the way we envision the future is greatly influenced by what we experience today and since a lot of experiences we are currently going through aren't aren't exactly assuring and for a large number of people they're downright inhumane and wrong what does that say of the future and it's in those times, I'm sure, not only for me, but for everyone going through this thing, we have asked ourselves, what now? And I'm just speaking uh, based on the experiences that I have gone through and the, lessons that, and the lessons that I have taken from those experiences that have helped me derive hope and derive happiness in ways I thought I couldn't. And I hope for those listening in, you'll, I hope that you'll be able to uh, pick, pick up a thing or two from, from the lessons that I have learned and apply it in your own right so you can derive hope and happiness or some other good thing from what you're experiencing right now. Because once again, we are now experiencing a pace of life that we are not accustomed to. The small details of our life that we have taken for granted or did not usually notice is now right smack in our face. Because let's admit, back then, before the pandemic, life was coming at us at hyperspeed. Like, <laughs> like you'd, you'd be doing a hundred things at once every day of the week. But now, that, but now that life has slowed down, we don't know how to slow down ourselves. Our expectations for life are still uh, are, are still at hyperspeed. 
So that was, or maybe that was just me. <laughs> I had to learn how to tone down, uh, actually not tone down, but I had to think of a routine that I could do so I could still sustain a semblance of hope or happiness for that matter. So as cliche as it sounds, I turned to exercise. <laughs> now, it, on the suggestion of my brother, because uh, for the first first part of uh, the lockdown, I spent most of my days just laying in bed. And he said, hey, you got to exercise, dude. And I was like, okay. So I started to do push-ups. <laughs> and I continued to do push-ups up to a point that now I can do about 206 push-ups in 30 minutes, which is, which is not bad because that's more push-ups than I've ever done with the last year combined. <laughs> but uh, push-ups became something I would look forward to every time I exercised on every odd day. And I would be excited on how I could do a push-up differently or how much more I could do than I previously could. So that gave me joy and that gave me hope because I knew I was getting stronger and I knew that I could do more tomorrow if I kept at it today. It was a hopeful and happy activity for me. And now also this podcast because <laughs> I'm really happy with this podcast and it, and it gives me hope because now I'm able to apply my talent and share my talent on a platform where, where people can actually listen in. And with, with the reception I got from the first episode, it gives me a lot of hope and a lot of joy. And it helps me envision my future in this podcast more brightly. And before I knew it, I found myself going to sleep more soundly. And I found myself waking up to mornings happier, or at least not as dreadful <laughs> as, I as I was when this pandemic and quarantine started and then suddenly the question so what now wasn't something I asked myself out of fear anymore it was something I could ask myself out of excitement of what I can be of what I can become tomorrow seeing what I've become today when you start to do things you're passionate with and you do things that make you happy, you'll find that these, that these will positively reflect on the other aspects of your life. You'll find yourself going to sleep more soundly and waking up to mornings of brighter days. Maybe it's not because the situation has gotten better in the outside world, but somehow you're able to make make the most of the situation you're currently in. We're all just going on our best guesses here. We don't have it figured out. We can choose to spend our days thinking about how life used to be, or we can think about how much more we can make the most of our lives today. To everyone listening in, please do take care. These are very trying times. These are very dangerous times. But I hope, even with that in mind, it won't dampen 
your spirits. I hope you're still able to find hope and find happiness in the things you do and in the people around you. So with that being said, I think I'll end this podcast uh, with <laughs> another movie quote from uh, uh, from Men in Black, uh, the character of Tommy Lee Jones, Agent K, when he confronts Will Smith's character, Agent J, when he just found out that there are aliens existing. And I quote, 1,500 years ago, everyone thought that the Earth was the center of the universe. 500 years ago, everyone thought that the Earth was flat. And 15 minutes ago, you thought humans were alone in the universe. Imagine what you'll know tomorrow. You have been a great audience. Thank you so much for the support. And I look forward to you guys listening in to this episode and the next episodes to come. Thank you so much for listening in. Thank you for the support and all the love. Please do take care. That was the second episode of The Cold Brew with Aldo, Rinaldo, Arnaldo, signing off, wishing you all, uh, <laughs> yeah, I still don't know how to end it. Anyway, thank you and bye-bye.